Welcome to the Inspirational Tales podcast. We all experience hardships and obstacles in our lives, but it is how we choose to respond to these events that can shape our present and future years. When my guests on this podcast experience the most challenging times of their lives, they use these hardships to learn, grow and better themselves. And as a result, they are now thriving in life. Their stories are ones of resilience, strength and overcoming adversity. So sit back and join me as we celebrate them turning their challenges into triumphs. My guest today on the podcast is Neil Rennie. At the age of 18, Neil broke his back and injured his neck. After suffering for many years, he decided to become a chiropractor to help other people who were going through issues that were similar to his. In this episode, he shares his words of wisdom about how he got through his darkest days and became the positive person that he is today. Hi, Neil. Thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. How are you? Fantastic. Thank you, Jessica. So I want to start right back at the beginning. Um, You were 18 or 19 when you injured yourself. Can you tell me a bit about what your life was like before your injury? Prior to that, I was going to, towards the end of high school, so year 12. And prior to that, I mean, everything was fine. I wasn't that much into sport because I found that when I sort of did uh, really sporty things, I usually wound up with um, broken things like ribs and such. So I tended to steer away from it. But I actually took up karate as a, um, a way of trying to sort of do some exercise stuff, but also some self-defense. So it had like a, a two, um, two-pronged sort of approach to why I did that. It just seemed to make sense. And I figured that it should be fairly safe because you're doing it in a controlled environment where you had instructors who were following the whole process and setting things up according to what each individual person's level of competence could, could handle. That's what I thought. So, as I said, I, um, I was probably at the end of year 12, just before going to uni, and it was um, just something to do for exercise and fitness and self-defense. I thought nothing more beyond that, and I'd only been doing it for about three months when things started to kind of go a bit wrong. So, yeah, prior to that, I was just a normal kid at school and having fun. Can you explain to us how you injured yourself? So I'd been doing this uh, karate for about three months at the time when we had to do an exercise where half the participants would stand basically with a um, the classic uh, mat that they have. It's a bit like a futon type mat uh, just behind. You'd stand in front of the mat. And someone would come running from the other side of the room, which was quite a distance. So they would be actually, they'd have some pace to them. And they would kick you in the sternum and we would have to go down and do what is called a break fall to uh, stop our fall as as we fell backwards onto the mat. The idea of that was that you didn't try to lean into um, to the attacker. You tried to actually uh, use the energy that they were putting into you, into us as participants so that we could actually roll with the punches, so to speak. My breakfalls were not particularly brilliant at that stage, having only been doing karate for about three months. So it was a little bit, well, not up to the task, you could say. So what occurred was um, this, this particular exercise was done probably eight or nine times, maybe more. That's what I recall anyway, something like that. And I tended to hit fairly hard as I went down onto the mat. And I remember a few times 
my, my buttocks sort of hit the mat pretty hard. My back sort of went, uh, like flicked back in a fairly uh, heavy sort of fall. And then my shoulders would, would hit next, and then that would kind of wrench my neck. So both my low back and my neck copped a bit of a hiding. I felt sort of shaken up by it, but that was about all. But it was like over the next several days when things started to show up that there were, was in fact problems. One that's uh, my back just went hard and rigid. It was almost like I'd sort of swallowed a big pile of cement and uh, gone hard inside. It was like my whole back thoracic neck area was, was uh, just like a solid block that uh, didn't want to move. And so as well as that, the pain set in, primarily low back, but two areas. Low back was one where it felt really quite like a sharp pain right at the base of my spine. And then in my neck, it felt like my neck had been wrenched backwards so hard that it actually tore some of the muscles. So just to hold my head up required a huge amount of um, effort on the one hand. It felt like it just had lost strength. But every time I moved, it felt uh, like raw, jagged edges. And it really, really was extremely painful. So the first few days, you know, all of this sort of started to come on. And I found it sort of hard to get around. My left foot dropped and it stayed basically like that for the next 17 years. But um, certainly that, that first few days, I really didn't know what was going on. I figured that it possibly had something to do with the um, karate causing an injury, but it really was something which gradually came on and I just became aware of bit by bit and it just gradually got worse and worse over weeks I found that it was getting harder to concentrate properly. It was years later before I realized you know, exactly what had happened. I just didn't know. I had no idea and I tended not to say much to parents and others. Back in you know, years ago, you basically you know, put up with things and suffered and uh, you, know, you just got on with life. You didn't uh, bother making a song and dance about things just because you got a bit hurt at something like karate. Did you see any doctors around this time? Over the first 12 months, probably not much at all for the first several months, and I can't recall exactly how long this was for, but along the way, possibly six months in, four months in, something like that, I went to a couple of different GPs from memory. Most of them said, well, we don't know what's wrong with you, go away. One of them you know, reported that I was getting headaches as well as finding concentration difficult. Memory was difficult and things like that and he just said oh it's probably your neck and he said he said lie down here and he grabbed my neck and just about tore it off now this was a gp no forewarning no preamble now forget about consent and stuff like that that we have these days that just didn't exist back then in terms of this sort of thing so i had no idea what he was doing and i must admit i yelled at him a bit I said what the heck do you think you're doing and he said oh, i'm just fixing your headache he said, oh, I'm just freeing up your muscles and joints and things and that, that should fix your headaches. Said, well, it feels worse now than when you did it before, so I'm not really impressed. Uh, they sent me a bill which I um, refused to pay for quite a while until they were threatening uh, debt collectors and who knows what, so I paid the bill. But uh, that was not a fun experience. Over the next month or two, I managed to get a referral to either a neurosurgeon or a um, just a, a standard back surgeon uh, who organised x-rays of my back. And I remember distinctly, like I went to two different specialists, and I'm 
one of them I can remember clearly because of how it went. The other one I can't recall, but I know I went to two different specialists. I think the second specialist was basically to confirm what the, the first one told me, which was, as I said, this is probably about four, five, maybe six months into this process, just just fumbling along. Just no one really seemed to have any answers. So I had to try and figure out things as I went. And as I said, I was about at most 19 years old at this stage. And so I went into the specialist. He'd taken x-rays. He had my x-rays up on uh, an x-ray viewer. And as I walked in, he looked up at me and looked back to the x-rays and looked up at me again and said, if I hadn't seen you walk through that doorway, I would have said you are in a wheelchair. He said, it's not pretty. So I said, well, what's going on? And I explained that the, the bottom vertebra in my back um, had snapped or was snapped. And there were neck issues as well. My neck had gone from having a normal curve, which it's supposed to have, to being fairly straight. So I said, well, okay, so what? What, what are the pros and cons? Well, he said, well, the pros, in other words, the good side is we can do an operation and you may get four to five so-called good years, in other words, relatively pain-free. I said, right, and that's it. I said, yep, that's all we can do for that. Well, okay, if, that is, if that's the good side, what are the cons? What's the negatives? And he said, well, you may not walk after the operation. Simple as that. And I thought, hang on, I'm walking now. And they're proposing an operation where I may wind up in a wheelchair. I'm not liking the sound of that. And I said, well, in other words, what you're basically telling me is that there is nothing you can do for me with my back. I said, yep, that's right. Got it in one. Right, so where to from here? It was suggested I go to physio. I did that for, I think, seven or eight months. And it was three sessions a week for probably five or six months where I'd walk in and the physio would put me on some sort of machine or electrical device which would basically stimulate the muscles. He would set it all up, plug it in, turn it on and uh, leave me for uh, 20 minutes or more. Come back, take the machine off and say, right, that's it until next time, two or three days. And this went on, as I said, five months at three times a week and I think two or three months at twice a week until I got wise and thought, this is getting, getting me nowhere. Nothing is actually occurring. I'm not improving at all. And then I started to look at other possibilities. And someone mentioned um, acupuncture. thought, well, okay, sharp needles. Doesn't sound very exciting. I don't really like sharp things being stuck into me, but I thought, okay, let's try this. And I didn't feel that that made any difference. And then someone suggested, what about chiropractic? And I said, well, what's that? I don't know what it is. And they said, well, they kind of free up your nervous system so that your nervous system works better. And Everything works more like it should. So, okay, let's try that. So I tried that, and it was like prior to that, at this stage, it was at least a year after the karate incident. And with the with that particular incident, I stopped karate immediately because, as I said, my back went into a massive spasm. I just stopped. I could tell that that was not going to be beneficial to keep going. So after a year... It was like, okay, let's see what chiropractic can do. So I had a couple of adjustments, two or three, and I thought, oh, that's interesting. I've, everything felt like it was loosened up, and my head felt better. 
because my with my head and neck, because the whiplash was very severe, I found it hard to concentrate. Memory sometimes just was a little bit slow. I could usually remember things, but it was um, it just took quite a while to do so to actually sort of bring the memory in. I felt way way t- more tired than I did before. Just really really tired, like all the time, which wasn't the case before. Okay, I wasn't into sport before that, but I had plenty of energy, energy to burn. You know, I could go not quite 24/7, but uh, I had heaps and heaps of energy before that. After that, for the next year, it was pretty horrible energy-wise. So memory was gone to some extent. Concentration was gone and energy, but also it affected emotions. Prior to to the injury, I felt great. I felt positive. Uh, I felt like, you know, the world was opening up for me. At that age, you've got plenty of energy and steam and you're sort of figuring out what the, the world's all about. But with that particular injury, it went from outward looking and upward to, hmm, this isn't really good. Um, I've got barely enough spark to get through the day. Strangely, I had a job right the way through that. Uh, I got a job and I don't know how I kept it. I really don't. Because the first couple of years in particular were not fun. It was difficult to, to have treatment because back then I didn't earn much. Very little. In fact, I earned 22 pounds, sorry, pounds, I think it was in pounds, no, it was dollars. $22 per week. That was my pay. And I was a sales representative for a company selling um, uh, scientific apparatus and chemicals and things like that. It was tough. Just to get through day by day was really, really difficult. So while you were going through all of these experiences that you have been explaining, how did you cope? Like, what helped you get through them? In the early days, there wasn't much that helped at all. It went from, you know, what does the future hold and how, you know, what am I going to do with my life to how do I get through each day? How do I just, yes, how do I get through each day? It was as simple as that. So I went from outward and upward to inward and just survival. It just was a total change. In fact, that first two years at least, I felt semi-suicidal for a lot of the time. And it was like every day I'd wake up and I thought, nothing works. I can't concentrate. I can't think properly. I can't remember things. I feel dreadful. My life is just, what's the point? So for that first couple of years, it was like I would see things like bridges and high spots and things and think hmm wouldn't take much to go over that but I didn't I don't really know why except it was yeah I don't know why I could easily have gone over maybe I was too much of a coward to jump it could have been as simple as that but it certainly was not a fun time you have now become a chiropractor what made you decide to do that well As I said, the first couple of years were really, really bad. The next 10 years were not much better. And then I take things in 10-year blocks. So it slowly improved over a long time. Somewhere along the way, and I think it was probably after I'd got over the initial couple of years. I mean, after the first two years, I thought, I don't really want to jump off a bridge or in front of a train or anything like that. I just, it just just felt uncivilized and messy and I thought, no. And also it felt like you're here, don't throw it away. Even if it's not good, don't throw it away. 
there must be something behind that. At that stage, it was more stimulus response and trying to figure things out step by step. But somewhere along the way, probably after, I would imagine probably about four or five years after the injury, I got to the point of thinking, well, I was starting to see some results with chiropractic. And it was like, oh, hang on, this it actually is making a difference. I'd tried the, the medical trail, I'd tried the physio, I'd tried the acupuncture. Chiropractic at that stage was the, was the only thing that was kind of making a difference on the one hand, but it was keeping me sane as well. So at some stage along that path, I thought, well, if this is helping me, I had no idea where the, the end result was going to be. I still had the foot drop and things like that. Still, every day was a struggle. But I could feel that things were changing, even though it was infinitesimally small changes. I thought, well, if this is helping me, then maybe if I get into the same field, surely there must be f people who are experiencing stuff like, like I am. It doesn't have to be the same exact sort of scenario by any means, but similar sort of stuff in terms of you're in pain all day, every day. You wake up in pain, you go to sleep in pain. I, I used to, the first couple of years, I basically cried myself to sleep most nights, probably every night, because it just seemed so futile. But as I said, after about four or five years, I could feel that there were slight, small, incremental changes, positive changes occurring. And I could actually put a sentence together after about that time. Uh, the first two years, it was difficult to even put a sentence together. For example, it would be something like, I would think, okay, I want to say such and such to someone I'm speaking with. And I would speak. And then when I'd said something, I'd realize that what I planned to say and what came out didn't match. They kind of sort of matched to some extent, but it was like, that wasn't what I planned to say. I mean, it wasn't outlandish. It wasn't just crazy off the planet. But it was like, that wasn't what I planned to say. What you know, I, I had it in mind. And it's one of the, they, there's a joke about, you know, please uh, engage uh, brain before putting mouth in gear. And it was like the brain would not engage. It just would not connect. And what came out was slightly different from what I intended to say. And it was so weird and so bizarre. And other times when it was really bad, I would feel totally disconnected from myself. I could actually, in a sense, rise out of my body in a sense and see myself as sort of sitting somewhere or looking sort of forward. And I was disconnected from that body and that body was saying things to someone else or to a group or whatever. And I think, oh, that's interesting, interesting stuff I'm saying. Oh, it's fascinating. And it was really quite weird to have this sort of disembodied sort of feel. So I figured that if I was going through that sort of experience, that there might be others who were having similar types of things and similar types of feelings and such. And if there was a way that chiropractic was going to help me, then maybe if I sort of um, went to the chiropractic college in uni that I might be able to help others in a similar way. So that was totally my motivation for going to chiropractic college in uni. Now in the early days I took me, let's see, 18, took me another 11 years before I actually went to figure out what to do. So I was speaking to someone who said, well, why don't you do the chiropractic course here in Australia? I said, I thought you had to go to the United States to do the course. You know, all of the chiro courses I'd heard of were in the US. I'd heard of nothing here in Australia. But I said, no, nope, there is. 
and that was way before internet and stuff like that. So actually, one summer, I think it was about 1980, I went to the college and spoke to the dean of the college. And I said, look, you know, this is what I want to do. What do I do? He said, you have to do these specific uh, components, which you can do in your home state of Queensland, a very specific Bachelor of Science course. Then you come to Sydney and you do the rest here in Sydney. I did the first three years at um, Queensland Uni and then went to Sydney to do the remaining couple of years, which was pretty heavy going. Do you think that was the best decision to make? Like even looking back now, do you think that's what you should have done? I think it was. I've not ever thought of a different one because chiropractic isn't what everyone thinks it is. Everyone thinks it's about sore backs and sore necks, but that's just a tiny, tiny, minuscule part of what uh, chiropractic is about. There are lots of parts or components within uh, chiropractic that look at mental, emotional connections, the, the connection between our emotions and the neurology of the brain and how the emotions affect our neurology. It's all part of quantum physics, which is now being validated uh, massively. But back years ago, it was just a gut feeling I had. But I started to do some of the other components of chiropractic, which looks at various um, energy healing components. So for me, it was by far the best decision. It was a course that the first three years was done through a, um, a university. There's lots of choices there. We had to do very specific subjects. And then I had to go to Sydney for the final two years. That was... It's interesting how things affect us bit by bit and how as things become tougher, it either makes us or it breaks us. In my case, because I had a burning passion to to do what I believed was the right thing to do, and which I still do, in order to do that, I just had to work harder and harder in order to actually achieve that because the, the ante was being upped all the time. Uh, for example, if I'd been in Sydney and had richer parents, then it would have been a breeze. But I had neither, and I was owed a lot of money by someone. And I was promised that that money would come back at a certain amount per month. That meant that I could study full-time and didn't have to worry about it. Well, the money didn't come back. That meant I had to work. So I had to work long hours um, running a pizza delivery shop. The process makes, well, as I said, it either makes you mentally tougher and it also means that you have to manage several, you know, many sort of, like if you like data streams in today's terms, all at once. You have to be able to multitask and multi-think. And, you know, that just becomes part of who you are because um, you just have to have to go at it. So I remember at the end of the first year in Sydney, that was the fourth year of the course. I was so tired from basically every single day I was working. Uh, and that had been the case um, during the, the basic first three years as well. So after four years, I was basically collapsing. I went along to one of the medicos at uh, Uni of New South Wales, and he said, well, tell me how your lifestyle goes. He said, well, you know, I'll do this and 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 this. And, this. and he said, stop, 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 stop. And I said, well, I haven't finished. I'm only halfway through. He said, no, no, you're making me tired just listening to this. You must take a month off. I said, can't do it. I said, they'll cut you out of here in a box if you don't. So you have to do it. So I managed to find someone to run the pizza shop and took off for a month and basically I slept for the first two weeks and so on. And 
as I said, it has a way of sharpening your desire, your passion for what you're doing, your resolve. And really, because I really felt so strongly about what it is I wish to do, I just kept going at it until I got through. So by going with it and staying with it and continuing with it, it meant that I was able to sort of be more and offer more because it meant I could... And once I even got through the course, it was like, that isn't enough. And so basically for the first, oh, I don't know, 10 years, I was, almost every second weekend, I was doing extra training courses and seminars to expand my knowledge base. I got more into applied kinesiology and what they call TBM, which is basically all sorts of... Um, basically mind expansion sort of concepts and um, utilizing energy in in all sorts of interesting ways. And I'm pleased I did that because if I hadn't, I would have been bored senseless after the first three years. That's going to sound pretty silly because you do all of that and spend all that time and effort and energy and you think after three years, but the thing is what I'm talking about here is the first three years of doing what people think of as chiropractic, which is where you're working on backs and necks and the middle of the back and maybe a few other joints, they really become very boring very quickly. But the thing that actually kept me going and actually made the difference was all of these other courses. Even though it was, it was all chiropractic, it's the sort of stuff in chiropractic that most people never experience or never know about. But that was the part that opened it all up because it meant that we could look at things, look at people as, as a whole person, not simply just uh, a pile of bones and joints. So getting into those areas, it meant that because my, my mind had been expanded because I, it had to previously, I mean, I couldn't slow down then. It was like a, a train that was sort of was you know on the path and it could not be slowed down. So it meant that I had to expand what I could sort of offer people and deliver and and help with. That's what kept me sane. But also, that expansion was just so exciting. It really was. Through this whole experience of you injuring yourself and then all of your training and learning, what are some of the things that you've learnt from your experience? It's such a big question that in that we're all in this life thing together we're all trying to figure out what it is together there's no one that's kind of separate or an island and everyone has something to offer there's a an expression from way way back that says everyone is my superior in that i may learn from them and i find that if we take that sort of attitude of humility and gratitude as well then we can we can learn so much and we can become so much more and i remember years ago thinking life is about the the desk not just the the destination or the journey but the, it's all about the goals it's all about reaching goals but as i've reached goals over the years i realized it's not about the goals the goals really at the end of it don't matter I mean, they do, because it's nice to sort of tick things off. But it's the journey, the excitement of the chase. It's the excitement of the expansion. It's the excitement of understanding more, of of getting a greater sense of, of what's going on and what life is. That's the part that really is, is the, the interesting part. But also being able to make a difference. I've seen so many cases where, well, I know that 
there's been cases where we've saved lives. There's no question about that. Well, I suppose there could be a question. To to make the difference to people is, is really, really very humbling and a, a real joy as well. So really, it's about the journey. It's not the destination ever. That's really just interesting in its own way. But if we don't enjoy the journey, it's like we put life on hold until something comes right. But what if the journey changes? What if the goal changes? What if the destination isn't where you thought you were going? And instead of going down the main line, you actually get taken down a a side track where all sorts of interesting things open up. And you think, I did not know this was here. So the thing is to keep an open mind and, and just look at things in terms of possibilities and how things can open up. Just always be looking for the stuff that can make a difference. But also look for the fun things. If we're not having fun, we're not really living. What is the point of being here if we're not having fun? It's pointless. It really is. And I suppose another one is take more risks. And I don't mean that in terms of, you know, step out in front of a speeding truck and step back at the last moment. That's not what I'm talking about. But take more risks in terms of just look beyond the mundane. You know, do we stay home and watch TV yet again? Or someone mentioned about something you know, interesting happening. You know, do, do you want to go? Oh, it takes effort. I have to get dressed and ready for it. And it's a cold night and it might rain later on. Yes, it might. But just think of the fireworks. Think of all sorts of exciting things. Seize the day. Seize what life life is about. Explore possibilities. You know, sometimes we just don't want to get up in the morning, but sometimes that process of getting up in the morning can lead us to all sorts of amazing, exciting things. You've always come across to me as someone who is so positive and full of life. Have you always been like that, or do you think it's partly because of what you've been through? Well, I suspect it's a bit of both in that when I was younger, pre the injury, I really didn't know what I wanted to do in life. I really had no set goals. I didn't, you know, some people sort of decide when they're really young, I'm going to be a vet, I'm going to be this, I'm going to be whatever. And their their goals are sort of firmly set when they're young, but I had nothing of that sort. I was kind of really foundering, not having a clue how life would be. I mean, I, I sort of felt positive in general outlook, but there was no guiding light there was no sort of you know passion for life and so on it was like well this is really interesting but what do I do between now and death actually I probably didn't think of it quite like that but my first jobs were in all sorts of different industries and just just doing stuff the thing is when you find your passion you actually find your life and you find your enthusiasm and you find your sense of fun and when you decide what it is that you wish for and go for that wholeheartedly, everything changes. We become what we think about. It's like there was a fellow named Earl Nightingale who encapsulated uh, the the teachings of Napoleon Hill, who wrote, who wrote probably one of the most famous self-help books uh, about being positive and so on. And the book by Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich, was encapsulated uh, by Earl Nightingale into 17 minutes of audio, which you can just YouTube, quite easy. And in it, he sort of puts the point that he was going to tell people 
what he considered to be the strangest secret. And the strangest secret is we become what we think about. If we think we can, we can. If we think we can't, we can't. Classic, uh, that was uh, Henry Ford who said that. And that is repeated ad nauseum all over the place. That if we think we can actually achieve something, if we put our mind to it, if we put our heart to it, if we have you know, the passion and desire to actually achieve that, we will do it. It is as simple as that. We will do it. And it's really just a matter of how strong your conviction is as to whether you will actually achieve that or not. I wanted to get into this chiropractic field initially because I wanted to help people who had similar sorts of stuff going on for them that I did. You know, their concentration was poor, their memory was off, they couldn't remember things, they felt really down and down in the dumps and very depressed and just life, what was the point of life, you know, it was just like, I just feel dreadful all the time. I mean, I had constant low back pain, well, neck pain as well. Uh, and I keep saying, well, the first 10 years was worse, the next 10 years not so bad, etc. And they say, what about now? I said, well, it's always there. But you, I've learned to control it. And now, in the early days, it took vastly more energy to manage and control the pain and to try and just beef up my concentration and energy. It really took a vast amount of effort and energy. But that slowly was something that I just got on top on and slowly as I mentioned where I wanted to go with things morphed gradually from okay I want to be able to help people with those few things and so they can feel better into looking at the the person as a whole as, as a whole person not just a pile of bones and sore spots and not sore spots and so on. I started to look at things in terms of what were people's aspirations and desires and passions in their life and I've done coaching courses counseling courses I've done a double major psych degree which has helped all of this and and some of the processes that I work with use various sort of energy healing sorts of approaches as well so with all of that, I realized that I had things around the wrong way, that I originally sort of worked on the basis of working on the person as a pile of sore spots and not sore spots. But I realized that that was the wrong way around. That was the end result of injuries. I realized that when people sort of felt emotionally strong, they felt spiritually strong about who they are and what their life was about and what their life purpose was about. That's, you know, if they felt strong that way, they didn't get injured. Or if they had been injured, they picked themselves up. And it was like their injury, okay, it mattered and it flavoured everything they did. It was always part of their life and something that wasn't going, uh, going to go away. But it was like a reminder every day. You're here to make a difference in this world on the one hand, but also see things in terms of us being spiritual beings having a physical existence, not the other way around. And that really sort of made all the difference, that once we have a, a better understanding that you know, what life is about, what we figure life is, and everyone's got a different view of that is. I'm not trying to push any particular thing or any... I'm certainly not trying to push religion. It's about really... Why are we here? What are we, what are we trying to, to do with this? In other words, look beyond the everyday and the mundane. Look at things in terms of the bigger picture. Okay, so just one last question before we wrap up. If you could go back and tell your younger self one piece of advice, what would it be? 
straight out of the blocks, if I knew what I know now, because hindsight's a wonderful thing, I would say probably a couple of things. Enjoy the journey. Uh, so many people I see, see are not having fun. They drag themselves around. It's always about the negative. I mean, I stopped watching the TV news because what do you get? Just negativity all the time. It just drags you down. So enjoy the journey and realize it's the journey which opens up the possibilities. The The goal is the thing you tick at the end, but the, the, the thing is to just jump into the next journey. But also take more risks. Have more fun in terms of sometimes be outrageous. I'm not being saying be stupid or silly things i'm simply just meaning don't take yourself serious so seriously we tend to do that we tend to take ourselves very very seriously but have fun thank you so much for sharing your story with us today neil it's been my pleasure absolutely my pleasure if you enjoyed this episode i'd be so grateful if you could please hit five stars and leave a review or take a screenshot and share it on social media so that we can reach and inspire more people. If you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss any future episodes. And I look forward to you joining me for the next episode of the Inspirational Tales podcast.